I know it's going to be a little different than what it normally is, but uh, we're going to go ahead and do that anyway. Uh, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, in verse number 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Uh, James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know, it's good to know in this time of crazy change. I mean, I don't know that all any of us uh, can remember a time like this, that uh, our world, our lives have been completely radically changed. And uh, here we are. We're going through a time of great change. And it's really great to know that uh, God doesn't change and that there's one constant in all of the chaos, and that is our uh, unchanging God. Uh, Albert Barnes, in his commentary on James 1.17, said this. He said, the design here re regarding the fact that God is uh, no, with no, whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Um, he said, the design here is clearly to contrast God with the Son in a certain respect. As a source of light, there is a strong resemblance, but in the Son there are certain changes. It does not shine on all parts of the earth at the same time, nor in the same manner all the year. It rises and sets, it crosses a line and seems to go far to the south and sends its rays uh, on the earth. Then it ascends to the north, recrosses a line and sends its rays on southern regions. By its revolutions, it produces the changes of the seasons and makes a constant variety on the earth in the production of different climes. In this respect, God is not indeed like the sun. With him, there is no variableness, not even the appearance of turning. God is always the same at all seasons of the year and in all ages. There is no change in his character, his mode of being, his purposes and plans. What he was millions of ages before the worlds were made, he is now. And what he is now, he will be countless millions of ages hence. We may be sure that whatever changes there may be in human affairs, whatever reverses we may undergo, whatever oceans we may cross, or whatever mountains we may climb, or in whatever worlds we may hereafter take up our abode, God is the same. And I'm glad for that. I'm thankful for that. And so right now, let's go ahead and take a few moments to pray and thank him for his unchanging character right now in the midst of an ever-changing world. And I'm going to go ahead and be quiet for right now. Uh, we're not going to have music. We were planning on it, but uh, with the uh, uh, audio challenges we were having, uh, we're not going to do that. Um, but uh, we're going to go ahead and just be quiet for the next few moments and let you have a time of personal prayer to thank God for the fact that He is an unchanging God in the midst of this ever-changing world we're living in. Let's go ahead and have that time of prayer right now. Our Father, we are thankful that you are someone that we can trust in the chaos that we are experiencing right now. Lord, help us to keep our minds and our 
hearts focused upon you during this time. Because, Lord, you never change. Lord, you're, you've always been in control and you always will be in control. Lord, you are always good and you always will be good. You are always all-powerful and always will be. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you and that we can look to you during a time like this when everything in our lives that we once knew are really a lot different right now. Uh, Lord, we're grateful that we can look to you and, and have that sense of constance, have that sense of, of trust. And so, Lord, we just thank you for who you are and for what you are doing in our lives through this whole thing. And uh, we just pray, Lord, you would uh, continue to work. Bless the rest of this service now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at this time, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Blake, our youth pastor, to come and uh, read uh, the scripture for right before the message. And uh, Brother Blake's been a blessing, and uh, glad he's here. But uh, he's going to come at this time and uh, read the scriptures. Thank you, Pastor. Um, if, you, if you have your Bibles, I don't know what you're doing, but we're going to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. And this is what it says. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your virtue, add to faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, and ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten, and he was purged from his old sins. Let's pray for pastor as he preaches to us today. Lord, I thank you for um, this day, Lord. I thank you for helping us get all this set up. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help uh, pastor as he's preaching today to uh, be led by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'd say what, uh, I pray that he'd say what you would have him to say. Lord, I pray that you'd help um, bind the evil spirits from, from interrupting this broadcast or doing anything to, to distract us, Lord. I pray that you'd help us to be able to pay attention. I pray that you'd help us to want to learn something from your word today, Lord. Pray all this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, the catchphrase of the last several days in our society has no doubt been the phrase social distancing. We have heard it over and over again. And in case you're the one person on the planet who doesn't really know what social distancing is, this is the idea that we should keep our distance from one another in order to stop the spread of the COVID-19 virus. We've been told to avoid physical contact and to limit exposure to other people altogether, which is why you're watching this service on a screen this morning instead of being right here in our church auditorium. And uh, we all do need to strive to practice social distancing during this difficult season. But today we're going to look at a man who practiced something else. He practiced spiritual distancing. And if there's one thing we especially need to avoid during this season, it is spiritual distancing. God desires that all of us would be close to Him. In fact, He desired it so much that He went to extreme measures to make a way for us to be close to Him. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 13, 
But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Uh, we who were spiritually distant from God because of our sins, through the blood of Christ, we're able to be made nigh to Him. God doesn't want us to be spiritually distant from us. He wants us to be spiritually close to Him. Uh, he also even invites us to be close to Him. Not only did He make a way for us, but He also invites us to be close to Him. In James chapter 4 and verse number 8, we find this conditional promise. He said, draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Aren't you glad this morning that God doesn't want to practice social distancing from you? Aren't you glad that uh, He wants to be close to you no matter what we're going through? He will not practice social distancing, especially with those who take steps toward Him. I, I think of some of the songs that, that we have in our hymnal. Uh, we have the song, Near to the Heart of God. It says, There is a place of, con uh, of comfort sweet near to the heart of God. A place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. Another song we sometimes sing is Nearer, Still Nearer. Uh, nearer, still nearer, close to thy heart. Draw me, my Savior, so precious thou art. Fold me, oh, fold me close to thy breast. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. And then the song, Near the Cross. Jesus, please keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. Yes, in our own Christian life, God wants us to be close to Him. But unfortunately, not every Christian is close to the Lord. And Peter said in our text that uh, Brother Blake just read that if you're not growing, if you're not adding these things to our Christian life, you're actually going backwards. And you can come to the place where you even forgot that you became a Christian in the first place. Peter would know. Because you see, there was a time in Peter's own life when he himself was going the wrong direction and he came to a point where he was spiritually distant from his Lord. Because at one point in Peter's life, he was a man that practiced spiritual distancing. Oh, he wasn't the only one who ever did that. Jesus said this to the religious Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15. He said, ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. All of us can get to the same point Peter was in Luke chapter 22, uh, in verse uh, 54. All of us can be spiritually distant. You see, the gospel writer Luke points out a, a very significant change in the life of Peter. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 54, the Bible says this, Then they, they took him, and they led him, talking about Jesus, and brought him, Jesus, into the high priest's house. But the last five, ver five words of that verse says this, And Peter followed afar off. As we read those words, obviously it's talking about Peter's distance socially, but it also represents his distance spiritually. It reminds me of another song we sometimes sing at our church, Come Thou Fount. In the last stanza of that song, we sing, 
Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. In other words, the songwriter of that song was basically saying, prone to be, prone to practice spiritual distancing. Uh, all of us are. Uh, yes, God wants us to be close to him, and he's made a way for us to be close to him, but unfortunately, not every Christian is close to him. So this morning, I want to look very briefly at the life of Peter and learn how we can avoid spiritual distancing during this season and throughout our lives. First of all, I want us to look at number one this morning, the road to spiritual distance. What steps did Peter take that led him to the point where he followed Jesus afar off? How did he get to that spot? How did he arrive at that destination? Well, the first step he took uh, this morning was the subtle step of disagreement. Disagreement. We see multiple times in the life of Peter when he disagreed with Jesus. Can you believe that someone would have the audacity to disagree with God? Well, Peter did. And look, friends, if you and I are honest, so do we from time to time. Now, Peter's first disagreement took place when Jesus told the disciples that he was going to be killed and to be raised again the third day. You see, Jesus dropped this bomb on the disciples and said, By the way, I'm going to be killed, and three days later I'm going to rise from the dead. Well, how did the disciples respond? How did specifically Peter respond? Well, in the very next verse in Matthew 16, 22, the Bible says, Then Peter took him, and get this, began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Can you imagine rebuking God? Yet that's exactly what Peter did. Peter said, Lord, I, I know what you just said, but you're wrong. I disagree with you. No. Oh, certainly, I'm sure Peter had good intentions. He, he wanted Jesus to live on and, and not to be killed. I understand that, but, but still, he was rebuking Jesus. Well, he also disagreed with the Lord when Jesus told them that Satan desired to have him and, and sift him as wheat. Do you remember that? Well, then Peter said, Oh, Lord, you're wrong. I, I disagree. I, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. He said, you know, uh, objection, Your Honor, I beg to differ. I disagree with what you just said. Well, that wasn't the only time. See, there in the other upper room, as the Lord began to wash the disciples' feet, Peter told the Lord, and I quote, Thou shalt never wash my feet. The Lord, the, Peter had the the nerve to tell Jesus what to do and what he could not do. He disagreed with the Lord. We may not always understand why God does the things he does. Peter sure didn't. But when we disagree with his plan and his ways, we're well on our way to the road to spiritual distance. I know this whole situation that we're going through is, is tough for everyone. I know for some... Your, your jobs are at stake. Your, your, your livelihood is at stake. I understand that. Some may be very concerned about your health. Your health may be at stake in this whole situation. But look it. I do want to remind us all of us, to, I do want to remind all of us to not think that we know better than God even in this situation. 
But God's ways are not our ways. He knows what he's doing. He's on the throne. Trust him. Don't disagree with him like Peter did. Because when you do, you're on the road to spiritual distance. It is indeed a dangerous thing to disagree with God and his plan. And I know none of us would have chosen this, but God has a plan and a purpose for each of us in this situation. So we see the first step on the road to the spiritual distance was disagreement. He thought he knew better than God. Be careful when you start to do that too. I got an amen on that. Thank you for the amen. Thank you for the encouragement. Nobody in here has given me any amens, but that's okay. Still love him anyway. All right. The second step on the road to spiritual distancing was disobedience. If disagreement was enough, now we have disobedience. You remember after Jesus served the bread and the cup in the upper room? Right after that, he went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And there he took, the Bible says, Peter, James, and John, and told them to pray that ye enter not into temptation. That was a specific instruction by the Lord, while Jesus went a little further and prayed himself. Well, unfortunately, though, they didn't obey. Instead, they fell asleep. And so after he uh, was done praying, he came back to where these three men were snoozing and, and spoke specifically to Peter and said, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? And arguably the most important hour in the life of Jesus Christ, as he was in great anguish and tremendous agony over what was about to happen there on the cross, Jesus gave them specific instructions, and yet they chose to disobey. Oh, it was a subtle disobedience. I mean, it wasn't like they went out and robbed a bank or something or, or murdered anyone. No, they simply just didn't pray when Jesus told them to do so. A friend, can I ask you a question, brother and sister? Are you okay with the little sins in your life? The little sins of commission? The things that, oh, no one's going to know. It's not a big deal. Or the little sins of omission? The things that you know you're supposed to be doing, but you're not doing. Remember, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him, it is sin. If you're okay with these little sins in your life, I, I'm telling you, you're on the road to spiritual distance, my friend. When we start thinking it's okay and we get numb to the sins we're, we're committing, it's, it's not going to help us. We're well on our way to, being, to practicing spiritual distancing. It won't be long until you are also following afar off and have reached the destination of spiritual distance. Why? Because as Solomon said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Oh, the Lord, the devil's not looking for uh, you to do some heinous sin right now. He's just looking for you to not do anything. Uh, he wants you to just skip out on some of this stuff like prayer, like time in, the God, in God's word. If he can just get you out of those things, you're well on your way to reaching the destination of spiritual distance. So that's the road to spiritual distance. I want us to see, secondly, this morning, the results of spiritual distance. Okay, so Peter disagreed with the Lord. He disobeyed the Lord. Well, what, after, what happened after he arrived at the destination 
of spiritual distance. I want to invite everybody, if you're able to, to turn to Luke chapter number 22. Luke in chapter 22, and uh, we'll pick it up in verse 20 or verse 54, the verse I kind of started with. Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Luke 22, verse 54 says, And Peter followed afar off. Well, what happened next? Since he was headed the wrong direction, where did he go next? Well, verse 55, When he had, they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know not him. After a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. About the space of an hour, of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he spake, the cock crew. What were the results of spiritual distance in Peter's life? Well, first of all, it was denial. Denial. The unthinkable happened. It wasn't long ago that, Jesus, that Peter said, I would go with you to prison and to death. It was just literally a few verses before. In verse 33 of this same chapter, this is when Peter declared his allegiance and his uh, faithfulness to Jesus. Well, it didn't take long for him to go back on that, and he did what he said he would not do. He ended up denying the Lord uh, not once, not twice, but three times. Peter said it wouldn't happen, but it did. Peter said he would be the exception, but he wasn't. Denial. When we're on this road to uh, spiritual distance, one of the results is that we'll begin to deny the Lord. Well, we may not deny the Lord with our lips, but sometimes we do with our life. We sometimes do with our actions. We sometimes deny the fact that God is in control right now. We begin to panic and we begin to worry and fret. And that's a form of denial. When we say, God, you don't have this under control. I better figure out how to make, how to make this better. Look, God's given us wisdom to do what we can for sure, but, but when we cease to trust Him, basically what we're doing is, Lord, I deny that you're in control. I deny that you're all-powerful. I deny that you're on the throne. The results of spiritual distance in our lives results in denial. But then it also results in defeat. Uh, look here in verse number 60. It says, And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he spake, the cock crew. Now I want you to see verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. You think about that moment for a second. Peter and Jesus were in very different places, but somehow in God's sovereignty and God's order and design, he lined up their lives to be in visual proximity to each other. And as soon as that rooster went cock-a-doodle-doo, Jesus and Peter, their eyes met in a very sobering moment. I wonder what Jesus' face looked like. I doubt he had a big old grin on his face. 
imagine it was one of disappointment. I imagine it was one of love. It was one of, Peter, you should have trusted me. Peter, I, I told you this was going to happen and you didn't listen. That must have been a, a very sobering moment in his life. So much so, the Bible says that Peter remembered the word of the Lord in verse 61, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And immediately the thoughts came back right into his mind and went, oh man, it happened. And then verse 62, Peter went out and wept bitterly. And that is the step of defeat. You know, Satan leads us down this path to cause us to lose, to cause us to feel like a loser, to go out and weep bitterly, to have a bitter end. He wants to destroy our lives just like he tried with Peter. And he, wanted to, he wants to get us to that point where we're just feeling so defeated that we can't do anything for God. Well, that wasn't the only result of, of this spiritual distancing here. Finally, we have here, if you turn over to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We still good, guys? Are we back up? We're back up. Okay, good. Sorry about the uh, interruption there. But the third, uh, the third result here of spiritual distance is the step of despair. John chapter 21 and verse number 3. We find here Simon Peter, after all this took place, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. The step of despair. Peter said, You know what? This whole Christian life thing, it doesn't work. I'm just going to go back to the old life. I'm going to give up. Uh, this whole thing about following Jesus, what did that get me? got me nowhere. I just ended up disappointing him, and then he died, and then, the, you know what? Let's just, let's just give up. You know, this is Satan's ultimate goal. The devil wants us to, wants to render us ineffective and to think that God can't use me because of what had happened in my life, because of the, some of the spiritual distancing that I've experienced. I can't, God can't use me anymore. A step of despair. I don't know how many Christians have gone down this path and have ended up here and stayed here for the rest of their lives. That's definitely the devil's plan. Uh, he says, uh, God said that the devil desired to have Peter that he may sift him as wheat. And then Peter later wrote in his epistle that the devil is as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Well, Peter would know because the devil almost totally and completely devoured Peter. Friend, I don't mean to be unkind, but the devil wants to destroy your life. I know that's not the most encouraging thing to hear in a season like this, but it's true. And he'll use a season like this to try to get into your life and try to pull you away and to create spiritual distancing. Better be on guard. Well, the story doesn't end there, and I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that there's more to the story because that leads us to number three, the revival after spiritual distance. 
the revival after spiritual distance. Oh, I'm thankful that the story doesn't end there. You see, there's more to the story. God gives Peter another chance, and he does with you and I as well. Aren't you thankful for that? And that leads me to the step of decision. John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Well, please feed my lambs. He saith unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. This was a step of decision. What would Peter do? Peter had to decide which direction he was going to step next. And I praise the Lord, he chose the right direction. When you and I are spiritually distant, we have a decision to make. Will we continue to go further away from Christ, or will we turn around and draw nigh to God? I love our church family, and I think you guys are the best. I'm sorry, I think you all are the best. Sorry, forgot to throw in my Oklahoma accent to speak Oklahoman to you. I think you all are the best. But if you're like me, there are times where you are spiritually distant. And I may be speaking to somebody right now who is distant from the Lord. Oh, maybe it's been a long time since you've really spent time with the Lord. Maybe your heart is struggling to trust the Lord during this time and you're distant from Him. I want to encourage you, you're at a moment, at a place of decision. Uh, there's uh, the Bible reference uh, in in the Old Testament, to a valley of decision. You are perhaps in a valley of decision right now. Which direction are you going to turn at this point? Are you going to continue to go astray from the Lord? Or at this point, are you going to turn back to Christ? Oh, I'm so thankful that Peter did. And that leads to the last step here, the step of devotion. If you have your Bible open to John 21, if you look over to Acts chapter 1, in verse number 15, after Jesus ascends up into heaven, there the disciples are meeting in the upper room to pray. And, and then verse 15, it says, And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Mr. Foot in Mouth, Mr. Disagreeing with God, Mr. Disobedience, Mr. Uh, denial, Mr. Defeat, Mr. Despair. Now, all of a sudden, is Mr. Devotion. Because he made the right decision when it mattered most. And you know what? He has now completely turned around. And God used this man, this same man, to preach on the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people were saved and baptized. This same man went on to write two books of the scriptures that you have right in front of you. The step of devotion. Look, God wasn't done with Peter. God had special plans for Peter, but he had to take, make the right step when he was at that moment of decision. I would dare say that many of you are at that same point right now of decision. Which direction are you going to turn? Are you going to turn, continue to keep going the same direction you have been when spiritual distancing? 
increasing the spiritual distance between you and the Lord. Hey, that's a good thing for us to be doing socially right now, but it's a terrible thing for us to be doing spiritually with the Lord right now. We need to be drawing close to Christ, not drawing further away. And you and I are at a point of decision. Let's make the right decision. So my question for you is this, where are you at this morning? I guess more importantly, what direction are you heading? Are you on the road to spiritual distance? Let's take the right, the, the next step to, uh, this morning towards the Lord. And as we draw nigh to Him, He promises to draw nigh to us. Let me just mention this. If there is any distance between you and Jesus Christ, it's not His fault. It, you and I are the one who, have, who has moved away. And He did everything necessary for you to have a close, intimate relationship with you or with Him. And if you're not experiencing that type of relationship, it's something you need to fix. But it's something you can fix by coming to Christ, by turning back to Him and making the steps that you need to make so that you can draw nigh to Him, and then He promises then to draw nigh to you. Let's not be a man or a woman or a teenager or a child that is practicing spiritual distancing during this time. Yeah, we need to practice social distancing, but not spiritual distancing. This is the time to draw nigh to Him. Let's do that during this time. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll let you go.